Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of VentureCast, Win From Within. I'm your host, Vikas Raj of Axion Venture Lab. For new listeners, Axion Venture Lab is a global fintech and inclusion investor. In this season of VentureCast, we are focusing on insights from Venture Lab's latest research called Win From Within. The paper looks at how fintech startups are rethinking growth at any cost and instead growing profitably. In the paper, we outlined strategies that nine of our portfolio companies take in scaling their businesses by building value for their existing customers. Last week, we heard from my colleague Ami Parbu on the insights behind the paper. And over the next three episodes, I'm gonna be talking to companies to learn about their stories, how the COVID-19 crisis has impacted their customers and how they're evolving their value proposition for users to grow their businesses. So with that, I am very excited to introduce this week's guest, Jamie De Los Angeles. Jamie is CEO and founder of Advance, a salary on demand platform that's been adopted by large companies in the Philippines to provide employees with early access to their wages and promote financial well-being. Advance is one of Venture Lab's portfolio companies. Jamie, thank you very much for joining us today. Hi, Vikas. Thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate it. So, Jamie, let's start by just telling everyone a little bit about how Advance works and who you're looking to serve. Sure. So, yeah, I, I thought you summarized it perfectly well, but Advance is the first wage access platform in the Philippines. And what we do is we provide instant access to credit to thousands of underserved employees all across the country. So we're a platform that partners with companies and it's really designed so that we can give employees the financial dignity, flexibility, and freedom that they deserve. Just because there's such a disparity really in their ability to gain, you know, access to very basic services from more traditional institutions. And we wanted to give them something that was convenient and hassle-free, seeing as how they have so many other things to deal with in their daily lives. Why are they so underserved right now? And who, who is this customer? Give me, give me sort of a profile of your average customer and then explain why are they underserved? Why are banks not providing them these products? So again, we partner with companies that we service primarily white collar employees. And the reason that they're still underserved is because the sectors that we service are not the most attractive to traditional financial institutions. Um, so in particular, the BPO sector. The reason for this is these tend to be younger employees, you know, with no real credit history. In fact, 77% of our users actually have never formally transacted with a bank. And so the idea of them getting a loan from these institutions is not realistic. And given their needs, which is really more for daily use, banks are not necessarily going to offer them short-term instruments or even things like credit cards, which is really reserved for the more premium segment. So there is a clear opportunity to service these individuals who have the capacity to pay, but just are not being given an opportunity through, through traditional means. To give you an idea of what our typical customer looks like, it's normally uh, someone in, a, in a, you know, junior to managerial level, a millennial, anywhere between the ages of 24 to 30, making about $600 a month. And really just having a difficult time bridging their, their salary and, and making it to that next payday. So we are a great gapping tool for many of these employees who fortunately, yeah, just don't have enough take-home pay to, to make it to that next payday. 
So these are employees that need a bridge to that next payday. I, I want to get into how you actually acquire and engage with these employees because that's really what Win From Within is about. But can you talk about how the COVID-19 crisis has affected that sort of core need, bridging the gap to the paycheck? Yeah, I think I think especially with COVID, it's it's been quite difficult. And we've had very interesting use cases with some of the companies that we worked with. So the Philippines, unfortunately, experienced one of the harshest lockdowns in, in the world, where the entire country was put on very enhanced quarantine measures from the middle of March through the end of June. But a number of the companies that we worked with at some point had to start operating again in order to stay alive. We typically partner with companies that are of you would consider to be large to enterprise accounts. So these are 500 and up. And we, we service some companies that have thousands of employees. Um, again, because we found a nice niche in the BPO sector. And during the, the pandemic, I mean, there was no public transportation available, but employers were still counting on their employees to, to come to the office. I mean, even though there was staggered workforce schedules, it still required people to be on site. And it was very you know, I guess difficult as, as, as a business to see that without public transportation, the only way these guys could get to the office was really to, to walk. And the companies themselves started to notice that they would be arriving really late. And obviously there's the health concerns. So things like not being prepared to work from home, companies not being prepared to, to have these contingencies where they would be able to provide internet for many of their employees was really something that, that was surprising to us. And I guess the way advance was able to support the needs of many of these individuals was really to help them finance, again, very basic needs, right? Like one company in particular actually requested that we build financing programs so that employees could use our, our service and finance like bikes just, to, just so that they could get to work. And, you know, again, very, very basic things like paying for rent and utilities where these employees were, were not going to work on a regular schedule. So they wouldn't be getting salaries um, or their full salaries on a per month basis. So they needed to be able to still account for a lot of these expenses and using advance helped them tremendously during that time. One of the strategies in Win From Within is the way that startups are motivating activation and engagement with their end customers. And what comes out in the papers case study on advance is that is the role that sort of different kinds of partners can play or not play in engaging and activating your users. So can you talk a little bit more about that? What is your partnership strategy? How do you acquire customers? And what challenges have you faced in sort of reaching those end customers? So just to give you all a quick background into our company, we started as a four-man team and we were obviously excited about the, the business opportunity and we instantly wanted to find ways to scale the business without necessarily having to hire quickly because we were bootstrapping. And we were fortunate enough to have secured partnerships with two of the largest payroll companies. We built our platform from ground up and we had APIs to connect with these payroll institutions. And so we, we looked at it as a way to be able to access hundreds of different companies through these single partnerships, right? And the idea was that once we were integrated, the payroll providers would just activate all of these accounts and we would have access to thousands of employees instantly. So the pilot started with the payroll providers and it worked out really, really well. One of the challenges we saw was the, the speed in which these activations would happen. 
we had no real control because ultimately end users were not our own clients. For Advance, we actually couldn't reach out directly to these end users because we were essentially just a service on the payroll platform. In terms of being able to cascade our value proposition and you know, how we worked, we were kind of embedded a little too deeply into these systems that we were essentially a widget that people could click. And so that helped us with signups and getting users quickly in terms of acquisition, but in terms of actually activating them and making them borrowers, it was almost like they were just window shopping on their HRIS. So if, for example, they were looking uh, to check their leaves or their payslips, they, they may see an advanced widget, click on it, and then maybe not really know what it was. And for those that actually figured it out, they started to use us and that's how we, we generated early traction. But we realized shortly that you know, we wanted to have a lot more control over the, the end-to-end process. The payroll play was, is great. It's still, a, it's still a good partnership uh, and a good channel of ours. But earlier this year, we really made a full-fledged effort to build out a direct acquisition team wherein we could partner with companies directly and therefore have, again, end-to-end control from being able to cascade the proper marketing or proper onboarding and then just, just the right type of support after launch. And this has allowed us to experiment a little bit more. You know, we have, we're allowed to, to do drip campaigns. We're allowed to reach out directly via SMS and emails versus on the payroll side, there's a lot that we have to filter through in order to even get certain things out when it comes to introducing our service to, to the end user. So the B2B2C model was, I, I still think is very, very useful, but there are definitely challenges on the activation front because there is that middle layer that you have to be very conscious of. Right. So, I mean, what are you seeing that's working with new and old partners in terms of offering advance as sort of a benefit and has their approach changed at all? Yeah. So on the payroll side, I mean, they're seeing as well from their clients that they, there is a, a demand for this type of service. So it's, it's more of a collaboration now. I think when we started, it was just we were kind of hoping for just organic growth because we thought the product was great and people would figure it out. But now that we're seeing that there's a bit of a knowledge gap, we're, we're working more closely with them to, you know, collaborate on the collateral and on the marketing collateral that we send out and even joining on some of their company webinars just so that the end users have a better idea of who we actually are. And there's a lot of co-branding as well. On the direct side, what's worked well is, well, you know, before COVID, we had the luxury of being on site. And that absolutely helped. As founders, we, we were very proud of our product. So we were in front of the employees. Um, we tried to build a relationships with, uh, with HR, with finance, just so that we would always be top of mind. That's, that's been a bit more challenging since everything's now virtual. So we try to still engage the, that middle B and try to win them by you know, extending services like financial wellness webinars, doing a lot of content that we, that we cascade to their employees directly. And then, and then we have these automated drip campaigns that are either reminders to sign up with advance, giving them comfort that this is just an optional facility, presenting you know, short case studies as to why we'd be a useful service for them, and especially during these uncertain times. But yeah, I think for us, it's, it's really just trying to be as present as possible. And, and we've seen that for the companies where we have the most success is really where we have a good relationship with the HR directors or HR managers who are just much more open to pushing our product and and pushing our service to the employees. 
I mean, are those the managers that you had built relationships with before? Because that must be really hard. I mean, you if, if you're saying you used to actually go to the office and sort of sit there and be able to talk and see employees in person, and now you can't do that. How do you navigate that? Are, are there any things that have worked particularly well to replicate that feeling remotely? I mean, as a tech company, and as much as we would love to automate certain things, I, there's still such a strong human component that has to go into this business. And we realized this, you know, unfortunately, not soon enough. But the good thing is that when we did figure it out, we actually had to carve out an entirely new team within advance called the customer success team. This is a critical department because acquisition is out there trying to close as many of these big accounts as possible. And they're bringing in in the tens of thousands when it comes to employee headcount or employee pool. But it's really of no use if there's no one driving the internal efforts to get these companies engaged. And so we built this customer success team to do just that, where, you know, it's their job to be that handoff where they can build that relationship with the middle B, find out exactly the best way to, you know, distribute our service, advertise who we are in a way that's not, you know, for lack of a better word, spammy, or, you know, there, there's a lot of trust building involved. And then again, doing a lot of activities right now online where the employees just get a better sense of who we are. So it's everything from, you know, offering rewards programs for the first 50 signups, just so that people can start using us and, and, and they get a benefit like free grocery deliveries to their homes. But yeah, I, I think it's really been that type of effort where we have to be a little bit more creative in terms of yeah, establishing that trust and, and, and relationship with both the middle B and of course the, the MC. As you've talked to your peers in other markets, obviously the wage advance space is uh, sort of hot right now from an investor perspective. And frankly, we think it uh, has incredible potential from an impact perspective. Do you think that some of these issues are peculiar to the Philippines? I mean, how, how do you think your approach has to be different in your market? As you said, you're the first one doing this in the Philippines versus what you've heard in other markets. Yeah, so from what we've studied, what we do is, is more early wage access. I think other, most of the other companies are doing an earned wage access where they, they accrue like the hourly equivalent of what someone earns on a per day basis. And the employee has the option to cash out that portion of their wages. For us, what we've done is we've actually established a credit line, which gives our borrowers a bit more flexibility. And the, the sad reality here in the Philippines is that there's quite a bit of disparity between what individuals earn versus how they live. And the cost of living for basic things, it's not always commensurate to salary. So we wanted to give them a bit more flexibility because it, it didn't actually make sense, you know, to give them such a fractionalized amount on a per day basis that they would have to wait for it. In fact, it may, may actually even add to their stress having to watch like this little wallet of theirs grow until it gets to the point where to the amount that they need. So by giving them a credit line, we're kind of introducing them to this concept of flexible credit and being able to manage their finances in a way that we hope is healthy. And unlike, let's say, a credit card where the credit limit is usually a multiplier of someone's salary or income, we're very conscious about giving just a fraction of their month's pay to ensure that they're not going to be overexposed, but still give them that, again, that flexibility to choose what they need whenever they need. And another thing that I think makes us special here in the Philippines is our ability to disburse funds in real time and 24-7. So... As I mentioned earlier, a lot of our clients are BPOs and they normally have employees who work in the graveyard shift. So for those employees who actually need funds at two or three in the morning, 
if you relied on traditional lenders, you would have to wait, probably even get in line at a bank for requests for a loan or, or go to these you know, secondary market type of lenders during the day, which they don't have the luxury of doing. For us, as long as you're a, a user of our service, you can access the funds anytime and you get it in real time. So I think that's, that's actually what makes us a little different from the others out there. Final question, because we need to wrap up. Tell, tell me what you think the future of, of Advance is. I mean, as, as I said, this is a space that is getting a lot of attention. Where do you take Advance in the next five years? What do you think is the opportunity and, and what you can do? I mean, there's definitely a lot. I think the, the important thing for us right now is really to kind of detach this, this image of Advance as being purely a lender. We want to transition into becoming more of a holistic financial provider. And our motto really is to simplify finance and elevate lives. So how we do that over the next five years is going to be really a combination of a number of things. And I think it starts with trying to understand what our customers need in terms of just a more convenient financial experience. The Philippines is such a cash-driven society where even though there is mobile banking now, people still prefer to withdraw cash from the ATMs and transact that way to do very, very simple things like remit money to family members in the provinces, to pay bills. As we see our user base growing and, and getting more accustomed to our platform, we want to provide those services on the platform as well. I think it, it allows us to retain our customers. It gives them a more sticky experience and it gives them a more enriching one as we introduce things like you know financial wellness on the platform, give them the option to potentially earn higher limits based on the history they have with us. As they grow into their roles in these companies, we want to be able to have them graduate with us as well. I think our goal really is at the end of the day to ensure that we keep these customers with us, even if they are, let's say, no longer part of a company that we're servicing today. And, and that's going to be our mission over the next five years to, to really figure out how we can continue to retain these customers beyond the company, beyond the construct of this company model. Terrific. Let's end it there. Jamie, thank you so much for spending time with us. That was really interesting. And, and I like how you talked about how these products, even the earned wage product, it needs to be sort of embedded, but also responsible. That's something we've been thinking and talking a lot more about. We're going to be back next week with the next episode of VentureCast Win From Within. Thank you all for joining us. And thanks again, Jamie. Thanks, Vikas.